Dr. Frederick Wortham had spent his entire adult life researching how experiences and mental health are bound together. Initially concerned and working with felons, he sought tirelessly to understand the underlying reasons for their delinquency. His conclusions drove him further to the idea that childhood experiences play a large role in how we develop into adults. If he was going to stop the endless cycles of violence and mental deterioration, he had to find its source. With research that could change the world and a head of righteous fury, he wasn't going to let anything stop him. Comic books have given us some of the longest-lasting characters who inspire and sometimes motivate us to do better. Sadly, the industry behind them is not beholden to such ideals. From controversial stories and censorship to double-crossing companies leaving creators in obscurity, the history of sequential art is dark, deep, and complex. In comic books, there is a name for the tomes that we dig through, exploring the full history, good and bad, of the characters we love. These are Back Issues. While work was ramping up at the Lafarge Clinic, Dr. Wortham got the call that would catapult him into fame. Contacted by the Legal Defense and Education Fund of the NAACP, Wortham and his peers were asked to aid in the fight against segregation in American schools. Their findings, not shocking now, pointed to no matter how equivalent the education of each school Segregation created a perception of inferiority in not only black students, but also their inferiority in the minds of white students. These findings allied with the studies of Wortham's peers at the time, particularly Drs. Kenneth and Mamie Clark, who had founded another youth center in Harlem known as the Northside Center for Child Development. Although their work had similar outcomes, the Clarks and not Wortham were backed by Thurgood Marshall to build a team of social psychologists to be expert in cases that challenged separate but equal. Wortham's own work would later be used as evidence in the landmark Brown versus the Board of Education, which would declare segregation in schools unconstitutional. With this major win in the doctor's background, he began to build more steam to further change the norms and laws of a damaged nation. Dr. Wortham had been working on his ideas about juvenile delinquency for many years. Even during his work with adults, he constantly acknowledged how early experiences informed their adult behaviors. Next, Dr. Wortham began an attack on popular media, something we've seen before and we've seen since. Some of you may already feel hostile to listening to this, as we have seen these accusations thrown around every time we want to blame something for children's behavior. To clarify, Wortham acknowledged many more elements that were factors in the negative mental health of those he observed. Everything from parent mental health to peer experiences were considered as potentially harmful to youth, 
he did not discredit any of these other factors, whether it was abuse, parenting, or even the education system. Out of all of these factors, however, he became passionate about the damage of comic books and other forms of popular media for one reason. Dr. Wortham believed that if there was one of these factors that he could actually remove from the equation, then that is what he should focus his energy on. He did not think it would solve all the world's problems, but he seemed to genuinely believe that the removal of the negative influence of comics could possibly help. In 1954, he would write his magnum opus, the title that would become the Bible to those who would work to end popular culture's attack on American youth. The title of that book is as strong as the words inside. It was called The Seduction of the Innocent. He had been building up to this largest attack on the work of popular culture for years. He had written about his beliefs on the effects of pop culture in Dark Legend and in his interview with Colliers, as stated at the top of the last episode. This new book was something new and something much greater, though. It would encourage scores of public figures and adults to go on a crusade that would nearly destroy the comic book industry in total. 24 of the 29 crime comic publishers would go completely out of business during this time. In the wake of this attack, the Comics Code Authority, which we'll discuss in a later episode, was created. Basically, it was a set of rules about what it was allowed to be published. Its stringent hold on comics and the kind of stories they were able to tell would keep many publishers crippled for another 50 years. Wortham, whether he knew it or not, had changed the course of comics and comic book stories forever. In Seduction of the Innocent, Wortham would argue about the moral and harsh mental health effects that crime books, covering multiple genres in comics, were causing. One case in particular had a young girl note how the comics she saw depicted black people as near alien from her own experiences, from the language to the darkness of their skin color. Other cases may note that the youth he dealt with saw black characters as primarily criminals or subhuman. This point of view informed not just black children, but all children's perception of racial norms. Many years later, he would be interviewed and for television and would state, quote, whether crime and violence programs arouse lust for violence, reinforce it when it is present, show a want to carry it out, or just teach the best method to get away with it, or merely blunt the child's and adult's awareness of its wrongness, television has become a school for violence. Basically, popular media to him was a potential source of creating ideas and norms based on the content that it showed. If you've heard the story before, you've probably seen this argument in the news about music, video games, film, or even other kinds of books. In a forward from the 2004 edition 
of Seduction of the Innocent, James E. Rabeman states that, quote, Wortham's argument is that the pernicious influence crime comic books wield on the minds of children constitutes primarily a public health issue, not a fundamental issue of censorship. This is where things start to get complicated, and some argue Wortham's data becomes skewed, and rightly so. During the chapter, Design for Delinquency, the doctor lists several of the day's cases, with many of these stories pointing directly at comic books as inspiration or the corrupting force behind the crimes. Number three reads, quote, A boy of 11 killed a woman in a holdup. When arrested, he was found surrounded by comic books. His 20-year-old brother said, If you want the cause of all of this, here it is. It's those rotten comic books. Cut them out, and things like this wouldn't happen. Of course, this brother was not an expert, he just knew the facts. End quote. Many others on the list do not actually talk about comic books in their descriptions, but instead just detail violent crimes by young children. Eventually, he states everything he's been alluding to. Quote, I could continue this list almost indefinitely. There's nothing in these juvenile delinquencies that is not described or told about in comic books. These are comic book plots. Perhaps the most famous aspect of Wortham's text is something he said was recorded during a psychotherapy session with a young gay man. Quote, I remember the first time I came across the page mentioning the secret Batcave. The thought of Batman and Robin living together and possibly having sex relations came to my mind. You can almost connect yourself with the people. I was put in the position of the rescued rather than the rescuer. I felt I'd like to be loved by someone like Batman or Superman. End quote. Wortham later made the comment, quote, Like many other homoerotically inclined children, he was a special devotee of Batman. Seduction of the Innocent includes too many to recite them all here stories and anecdotes from his studies with children at the Lafarge Clinic. And that's where one of the largest problems with his works lies. From what I can tell, his data largely involved anecdotes with little basis in true scientific study. Wortham was also accused of inflating his numbers in favor of being more convincing. As stated a second ago, a variety of these stories came from the experiences of children he worked with at the Lafarge Clinic, who would have had mental health issues whether they were exposed to comics or not. His lack of research involving a broader sample of children from a variety of backgrounds would also inflate his data. Critics had plenty of ammo in breaking down his book. From these points to his previous difficulty in working cooperatively with the psychiatric community. The validity of these criticisms aside, Wortham had made enemies, and would make many more in the years to come. But not before he made his largest impact. 
seduction of the innocent had far-reaching effects that even Dr. Wortham could not have foreseen. In cooperation with the book was Wortham's appearance before the Senate Subcommittee on Juvenile Delinquency. An early example of televised government meetings, this grabbed the attention of the public in a way that could not be altered or repaired. While reporting to the committee, Wortham was quoted by the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund as stating, quote, I think Hitler was a beginner compared to the comic book industry. I mean, holy crap, what a statement. To shortcut these events, this actually led to book burnings, not only by parent groups, but even groups of students, Boy Scouts, and Girl Scouts. This attack also led publishers to creating the Comics Code Authority, a way to show people that they would limit themselves and make their writing more child-appropriate. The majority of comic book publishers would close their doors forever, and even for those that survived, sales sharply dropped due to their decreased quality and just overall hate for the medium. And those outcomes are what became Wortham's legacy. A book and a single meeting led to the near decimation of the comic book industry. When he passed away in 1981, his own obituary in the New York Times neglected all mention of his work at the Lafar Clinic. While it mentioned his earlier work on assessing felons and pushing for more progressive evaluations of their mental states, this information was secondary to his attack on the comic book industry. In many crowds, you will find nothing but disgust from the man who nearly destroyed comics. He is most often perceived as the villain. What I really think he was, was a human. In more and more recent studies on Wortham, it is consistently noted that his goal, as poorly as he attempted to reach it, was the health and safety of the most vulnerable members of our society. From complicated felons, to disenfranchised African Americans, and finally, children. Frederick Wortham made many positive impacts in the field of psychiatry and mental health that still exist today. His work in conjunction with many others pushed civil rights forward more quickly. He actually may have had a more profound positive impact, although you wouldn't know it, on the history of the United States than he had negative. But that's really for you to decide. In the next episode, we are going to look at some of those changes, beginning with the creation of the Comics Code Authority, a long-lasting organization who would maintain a vice-like grip on the comic book industry's storytelling all the way into the modern era of comics. Back Issues was written, edited, and birthed by me, Marcus Robertson, with research from the New York Times, Slate, and the book Under the Strain of Color, a study by Gabriel N. Mendez for Cornell Studies in the History of Psychiatry. I hope you enjoy this first season, and if you do, consider subscribing or going to my social media links below and saying hello. 
Furthermore, if you're willing to give, I do have a Patreon, and you can find that link below. I want to continue to explore all that comics have to offer, and I can share that journey with your help. Thank you so much for already giving me your valuable time. You're the best, and I cannot wait to share more with you.